You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And welcome to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm your host, Daryl Harris, filling in for Matt today. The big guy's getting married today. I have one thing to tell him, uh, James. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, man. No, it should be great. Hey, we got some great guests today. Uh, we got uh, Ross Jackson coming on at 415, all things Saints. And then we got Corey Diaz uh, at 430 talking about those raging Cajuns. Uh, we got a great show lined up. We're going to talk about last night's game with the Bills and the Rams, the much-anticipated season opener, Thursday night football, week one. James, the season is officially here. And I'm so excited about it. Oh, I, I loved watching last night's game. What you, would you think of it? Josh Allen stole <laughs> the show. You know, I was telling some friends of mine that this year in the AFC – the Super Bowl has to go through Buffalo. Josh Allen has made improvement year after year. He's made such a leap from year to year. You're wondering how high can the guy go? He still hasn't peaked out, but each year he's come back stronger and stronger. And if you thought the game last year against Kansas City was a great game in KC, wait till they have to go up there to that frozen tundra of Buffalo and play the Bills. That's going to be interesting to see how those guys do it uh, over there in Buffalo because – uh, I've been there with the Dolphins. Every year we looked at the schedule, James, and if we saw where the Dolphins played Buffalo uh, in Buffalo in like September or October, yeah, you we feel, were, you yeah, feel so good happy. about it. Yeah. We were happy, elated, like cheering. This is a win. But when we saw we had them in late December, we said, oh, no, that's going to be tough. So uh, that's going to be a real tough route because I, I think those guys this year will have the uh, home field advantage all throughout, the best record. And last night – the way they handled the Rams, I mean, it just really uh, gave me even more confidence in those guys going all the way. Yeah, I was I was pretty confident in those Bills. I was worried about how Matt Stafford would look, especially with him having shoulder surgery. Or I forget what part exactly, elbow. but it was elbow, it was elbow yeah, because he was he, he's dealing with tendonitis. I was worried about how he would look, so I, I wasn't too high on the Rams. The Bills just further proved it to me because it it looked like he was struggling a little bit at certain points throughout that game. Well, the Bills' defense was also impressive. Oh, yeah. Uh, they put so much pressure on Stafford. I mean, let's face it, no one can throw off the back foot. And they win the uh, – he dropped back. They hit the pocket collapse almost every play. Uh, they did re- real well against the run as well. So we didn't get a real good uh, look at Matt last night because of that situation. Uh, but he looked like he was healthy to me. But we have to see him in a better opponent where they can give him a better pocket to throw out of. Cooper Cup looks good. Like he's picked up from where <laughs> he left off last year. I mean, the guy, you know, he's a target. They know he's going to be getting the ball, and they still can't cover the guy. So he's just uh, he's just amazed me every time I watch him play. Where do you put Cooper Cup in terms of all the other receivers? Where do you where do you rank him? Man. You hate to make a, a prediction like that of just one season, but what he did last year was so impressive. Yards, catches, touchdowns. He, he's got to be up there in that, that top top five category, man, mm-hmm. guys I've seen play the game. But let, let's hold off that judgment until we see 
what happens this year because last year, you know, it may have caught some people by surprise, but this year being a marked man, I'm, I'm interested to see what his stats going to look like at the end of the year. Yeah, I think I think he'll still put up really good numbers. I think he'll still be a 15, maybe 1,600-yard receiver. And the touchdowns may dip down a little bit, but not a significant amount. I think it'll still be about 13 touchdowns. But for me, I think the ultimate – best receiver in 2022 will be Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. All right, right. Now, you know, uh, everybody talks about the uh, the Titans running back. What's his name with the, the stiff arm? Uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Everybody's afraid of his stiff arm. But last night we saw our quarterback <laughs> use a stiff arm and just throw a DB out, out the way. I mean, that, that had to be the most embarrassing moment of that guy's uh, career so far. Oh, yeah. Josh is – Josh is a different breed. He's a different animal. He he always he's whether he's running people over, stiff arming, or, or hurling. Because I remember in his rookie year, it was either his first or second year, he had hurdled one of the Vikings linebackers to get a first down. I'm like, who oh. is it? What is he doing? Oh, I, I love you, I love the guy. I love the guy. If I had a quarterback to do that when I was playing, man, it would just fire me up so much. <laughs> I used to tell, tell everybody. Josh Allen is like a Brett Favre with better decision-making ability, you know. Because I was gonna say he doesn't feels like better talent, right? But uh, he has that same gunslinger mentality, super uh, he, strong arm. He's gonna challenge you. He's not gonna run from you. Uh, he's not gonna slide. He's gonna try to run over you or or embarrass you. I love that about the guy, and he's super competitive. So I just think that the sky's the limit for this guy. We just don't know how good he can be. And then also looking at him whenever he got his touchdown run. He, he faked, faked, and then the guy was trying to tackle him, but then he was just so strong that he powered forward and then just kind of almost dunked it. Yeah, and he was well beyond the line of scrimmage, so the fake was really good because the guy lost uh, depth of where he was because he shouldn't go for the fake if the quarterback's already passed the line of scrimmage, but it still kept the defensive guy off balance enough for Josh to use momentum and get in the end zone. Just a, a heads-up play by the guy, and, man, I, he uh, I'm just so impressed by the guys, what he can do. Oh, yeah, and – what was interesting about that game was uh, I know a lot of fantasy owners, a lot of people were high on Rams running back Cam Akers, but he only carried the ball three times for a total of zero yards, whereas the backup running back Daryl Henderson, he had 18 total touches on the night. Yeah, everybody's wondering was uh, Cam hurt or what, but uh, the other guy, you call him backup or not, he looked real impressive running the football uh, the guy lowered his shoulders, ran over a couple people. I thought he looked really good. So who knows? We might have a situation where the, the backup ends up being a starter before the year's <laughs> over, you know? Yeah, he. I remember Cam, Cam was out for that season, so they had put in Daryl Henderson. So he and, he and he did really well. But Cam had come back from an Achilles tear just six months after tearing it. And it was like everybody was worried about it. He played. He didn't look good. They mainly went to Daryl Henderson. So I'm almost wondering. Is Cam still not healthy? Is he still not fully recovered? Is is that why we're still seeing Daryl Henderson out there for a majority of the time while Cam is barely getting out there, barely getting touches? It, it's something they they haven't talked about. I guess they're not trying to re- give too much information on it. But you know, we're going to find out sooner or later what's going on over there because if week two comes around and you still don't see him, then it has definitely has to be something wrong with him. You know, hey, let's change subjects here for a minute. You talk about players and being comfortable in certain cities and certain teams. Uh-huh. What do you think about Vaughn Miller? Oh, with, Vaughn. With the, with, the, with the Rams, <laughs> you know, it didn't 
do as well as the building he got going there. He thought he was going to do a lot more. And last night, he's in Buffalo, the first time playing his old team, the first game. He gets a couple of sacks, some pressures on the quarterback, some sacks. Looks like he's been reborn now that he's back in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. He, he looks like he's vintage camp, or Vaughn. Feels like he is 2015 Super Bowl Vaughn. Like, it doesn't feel like he's missed a step, and he's 33 right now. The guy looked great last night. Like, I mean, he looks like he, like I said, born again and uh, has a lot of gas left in the tank. So, what a great pickup by the Bills to get a guy like Von Miller to go with that defense they have. And it's it's scary because you look at the rest of the defense. I mean, you got Tremaine Edmonds as the middle linebacker, you got Matt Milano, who's another outside linebacker, but he's young and really good. You got solid rotational pieces on on the edge and on the interior of the defensive line. It's like, how are you supposed to stop all of them when you got fresh bodies? You still got a rejuvenated Vaughn Miller. You got Tremaine Edmonds who could blitz off the middle every once in a while like a Demario Davis. I mean, it's like, how do you stop this defense? And then you have an amazing offense in Buffalo. I don't understand how Buffalo can't roll through the season, get their revenge in the playoffs against potentially the Chiefs, and then just win the whole thing. Well, it's... uh. You know, the ball has to bounce your way for, what, 17 weeks now? So yeah, 17 weeks a, a now. A lot of little things can, can make a difference. Uh, I mean, one stretch we lost like five games by a total of like 20 points. So it just depends on the bounce of the ball. But if all things are like they are and you put them on paper against anybody, Buffalo should really have a great year. Uh, keep the injuries down. That always plays a big part of it. Keeping people healthy for the whole year. Uh, and it's it's going to be tough because it's, uh, it's so competitive uh, within the divisions these days. And that's why we won't see another repeat, I think, in a Super Bowl championship for a, a lot of years to come because of the, the parity, the free agency. It's just tough to keep those guys together again to uh, come back for another chance to go for it. Yeah, the parity and then free agency in the cap space makes things so interesting. Yeah, so 2005, the last time we had a repeat winner for a Super Bowl. So, hey, I guess we're going to have to wait and see what happens in the future here. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. You listen to Crunch Time on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up using promo code KLWB to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. I'll be taking the Saints' money line in the over on 42.5 points scored between the Saints and Falcons this Sunday. But play your way and bet on more than just the final score. You can wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to even catches. You can also combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. But don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issues, non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Miguez and Mesh, I'm your host, Dero Harris, sitting in for Matt, who's getting married today. Matt got two things to say. Learn how to say, yes, dear. And when you're in doubt, just say, honey, are you losing weight? Those are your two go-to things, Matt. You do that, you're going to be fine. We've got our guy on the phone, all things saints, with Mr. Ross Jackson. Hey, Ross, how are you, man? 
Terrell, doing great, man. Glad to talk to you again, man. How you holding up? Uh, we're doing good, doing good, man. We're so happy to be here and to have you on the phone because, hey, we've gone through the offseason. We've gone through training camp. We've gone through preseason games. And last night, I have to tell the world, I watched my first complete NFL game last night. I couldn't wait for the regular season to start, and it's here, <laughs> so it's time for football. So let's talk about the Saints, okay? Yeah, absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. I got pumped after last night. I'm ready for some uh, Saints football here over this weekend. Right, right. So how do you think the Saints are going to do against the uh, Falcons up there in uh, Atlanta on Sunday? Look, I think that you know any any person is going to be hard pressed to convince me that the New Orleans Saints aren't the better team that are going to take the field this weekend. Now, Darrell, as you know, the better team doesn't always win, right? Yeah, Not always the case. You're right. Uh, so it's going to be about you know who takes care of the ball, who uh, exploits you know mistakes better than the others, and who uh, doesn't make the more you know doesn't make more mistakes. Right. And so the Atlanta the Atlanta Falcons are going to look to take care and take advantage of any mistakes the New Orleans Saints end up accidentally putting up, but the New Orleans Saints are going to do everything that they can to make sure they're protecting the ball. So I think it's going to be a heavy ball control game, uh, you know, stout defense, all the things that New Orleans Saints are known for, they should be able to put on the field Sunday against Atlanta. Okay, I've got a million-dollar million dollar question for you, Ross. All right. What's going on with my man at the wide receiver position, Michael Thomas? Will he make his long-awaited return Sunday or what? Look, you never say never in the NFL. You know how it goes. But I will tell you this, man. I will be surprised if he does not hit the field on Sunday. If Alvin Kamara, excuse me, if Michael Thomas is not on the field on Sunday, I will be absolutely surprised. Okay. I've watched this guy in practice over the course of this week, with the exception of today. Uh, he's been limited all week, yes. He's questionable for the game, yes. But I'm going to be honest with you, man, that's 100% what we expected right. coming, into, coming into this game with the way that the Saints have been sort of very cautious about injuries over the course of the uh, offseason thus far. Right. And so when I've, when I've looked at this from the very beginning, I said, okay, you're looking for maybe one full participation practice from, from uh, Michael Thomas. Even if you get it, he's going to be questionable going into this game. If he's limited all week, he's going to be questionable going into this game. But I will be surprised if he doesn't hit the field on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. He's looked great in camp so far. Now what about on the other side of the ball? My man Tyron Matthew. Uh, is anything of us to be concerned about with him or, or what? Yeah, I mean, you know, under normal circumstances, I would say nothing to really be concerned about. It's an illness thing, so it's not an injury thing. Usually players find a way to get past that or at least over that and play their games. But in today's NFL and today's you know, time, I don't know what that illness is. I don't know what that illness leads to, things like that. So we kind of have to wait and see what that is. If it's not a COVID-related illness, I think you'll very likely see Tyron Matthew on the field unless it's just simply too bad. But usually, and Darrell, you've probably been there, NFL players find a way to get over illness in a way that they can't get over injury. Right. we got Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints on the hotline right now. Now, Ross, looking at something off the field, we saw Sarah Eric McCoy get a recent contract extension. What can you tell us about the details mm-hmm. for that contract? Yeah, look, I mean, this is exactly what the New Orleans Saints needed to do was lock up Eric McCoy for the future. They lock him down for five years. It's a true, I think it's $63.25 million five-year extension. It's about $12.75 million per year. It, look, it, it, this helps to put the C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade kind of in context. Reports are from Jeff Duncan of NOLA.com that C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the Saints are about $4 million apart per year on their contract. C.J. Gardner-Johnson wanted to be paid like a safety. The New Orleans Saints wanted to pay him like a top-end nickel corner, which is effectively what he was in their defense 
Um, that didn't come to fruition. C.J. Gardner-Johnson then gets traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. He'll get an opportunity now to play safety and you know earn the contract that he's looking for. For the Saints, uh, you know, if, if you're looking at where you're going to spend your money and where you might potentially go above where you know the Saints have sort of very specific outlines of what they believe you know players at certain positions are owed based on their role and things like that, if you're going to go above anything, you're going to go above on your star center. Um, it's hard to find starting centers in the NFL. Now, the Saints have made it look easy going from, you know, uh, previous guys to Max Unger, from Max Unger to Eric McCoy. But remember, even Max Unger cost them a Jimmy Graham, right? So it, it's not easy to find those guys. And so if you're going to pay anybody, you're going to pay that guy, the one that calls your protections, the one that calls all of the, uh, you know, that diagnoses the defense, the one that makes all the calls along with the quarterback in terms of what the defense is doing. That's the guy that you're going to pay. And that's, I, I think the New Orleans Saints made the right decision there and made a, a, a wise move in terms of locking up a guy that became a plug-and-play center out of you know the second round in the NFL and is now only 25 years old. Hey, Ross, looking at the, uh, the game overall, uh, what type of output do you, you think we'll see tonight for as the score is concerned with the Saints? How many points do you think they'll put on the Falcons on Sunday? Yeah, last I checked, the over-under, I believe, was set at 42-and-a-half or 43, depending upon where you're looking. I think there's a chance that it goes over. If it does go over, I think that this is more like a 24 to 20 type of a game. I still think this is going to be close. I know that the Atlanta Falcons are not the better team that are taking the field this weekend, but it's a divisional game. These guys are familiar with one another. Arthur Smith is a very good coach. I'm very high on Arthur Smith and what he's going to be able to do in Atlanta over time. Mm-hmm. Just looking at it, you know, objectively, he's a good coach and he, he, he has a great mind, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. The only thing for the Atlanta Falcons is that they just didn't really make their defense any better over the course of the offseason. And that defense was third lowest in the NFL when it came to EPA, which is a EPA per play, which is a, a, a metric that's used to measure your success right. on a play-by-play down, a play-by-play sort of circumstance, taking into consideration things like down distance game situations. Mm-hmm. And so they were in there with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets, not necessarily company you want to be in when it comes to the defensive side of the ball and so i think the saints are going to be able to put up 20 plus points on this uh, atlanta Falcons defense but i think that they'll go ball control i think that they'll worry about getting the ball to alvin Kamara, making sure that he's a part of the game plan and then you know performing with a stout defense so this could be a game that looks closer than it really is by the time that the day is said and done but i do think the new orleans saints walk away with a win this weekend so you're telling me you're Josh Allen stiff-arming that minus 5.5 in favor of the Saints for the spread? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. That might have been one of my favorite moments last night because quarterbacks, guys, I don't know if you know this, are not supposed to be able to do that, but Josh Allen absolutely <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it reminded me of the movie, uh, Remember the Titans, James, with a quarterback for the Titans. <laughs> you know, you get a penalty and the guy says, what's the penalty? Unnecessary roughness <laughs> on a quarterback? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was too funny. Hey, Ross, man, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week, man, okay? Absolutely, brother. Looking forward to it. Y'all take care. Stay safe. Have a great weekend, all right? Y'all take care. All right, thank you. That was Ross Jackson's uh, covering the Saints for us. Uh, really some good insight from him, James, on what we can expect. And uh, I know everybody's worried about the – wide receiver position, but he assures that Michael Thomas is going to hit the field. So we can't wait to see what it looks like to see Jameis Winston hooking up with Michael Thomas. Oh, yeah. I, we've been, we, we waited for it last year. We weren't able to see it. So hopefully this is something that we will see early and often. I would love to see – I hate to say it because I know the 
I know his whole thing is like being called Slant Boy, but I'm hoping like just do that classic have isolation on the left side, have it be Michael Thomas, just run that quick slant, get a solid eight, nine yards. That way it's like it feels like, okay, he got his hit, he got back up, you got your first connection of Jameis to Mike, and you're feeling good. That's that's what I want to see the first play. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody will be watching to see if that happens. Hey, I got to tell you a funny story, James. I'm thinking about it now. You know, everybody talks about the the uh, runaway bride. Where well, several years ago, my wide receiver teammate Jimmy Cephalo was getting married. Uh, he's from Penn State mm-hmm. down in Happy Valley. We all fly in for the for the wedding. We go out the night before. You know, we have drinks with the guy. We're talking, having a great time, and everybody's giving a hard time. The next day, we arrive at the church waiting for the wedding to start. No cephalo. <laughs> you won't believe this. My teammate, Jimmy Cephalo, flew everybody to his hometown, him and his fiance, and Jimmy didn't show up for the wedding the next day. AWOL. <laughs> Where'd he go? He, 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 got, he confessed to us later when he came to training camp. He got cold feet. The guy left town, didn't oh tell my. anybody, and his fam- the girl's family, oh, man, they hated his guts. <laughs> I I he, he couldn't go back to Happy Valley, but he just got cold feet. And to this day, he never got married either. Stayed a bachelor all his life. So everybody's heard about the runaway bride, but we actually had a runaway groom, and his <laughs> name was Jimmy Cephalo, wide receiver for the Dolphins. Oh, man, that that's a pretty funny story. That's, that's something I've never heard of. <laughs> So, Matt, you wouldn't be the first, brother. <laughs> no, I want uh, to wish him all the best. Just giving you a hard time, Matt. I know it's going to be a great a great wedding. You and Fiance are going to have a great life together, man, and I couldn't be happier for you guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, best of luck to them, hopefully. And he'll be back Wednesday. We'll, and looking at something I want to talk about is Dickie's Barbecue Bit because we actually have one a couple of minutes down the road from here in Delta Media. And what they're doing is they're doing a little special. They have 20 $40 Dickies barbecue gift cards that they're trying to that they're trying to hand out. And what you want to do is you're going to have to pay $20, but you you pay 20, you get 40. So it's pretty much a buy one get one off. So if you want some real legit Texas barbecue, I say go to your nearest Dickies and try to get you that $40 gift card because they're selling out soon, and you don't have a lot of time. Well, James, you know I'm from Texas. I love barbecue. Oh, yeah? So they better get there before I do. I might buy all 20 of them up myself and keep them. I was going to say, you, you might go right after this. And <laughs> yeah, it's right up the street. So, hey, people, I, I get off here at 6. By 6.30, if you're not there, they could be gone. So you better hurry and grab those before I get there. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're going to beat me to it because I'm going to be here till about 11 tonight. Oh, yeah, well. I tell you what, I'll, I'll save one for you in case it's sell out. I'll buy an extra and save it for you, man. I, I appreciate it, Mr. Daryl. Hey, you're listening to uh, Crunch Time, Miguez and Mesh. I'm Daryl Harris sitting in for Matt. You listen to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Time is running out for you to score some tickets to go see the Houston Astros live in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on the Tampa Bay Rays Saturday, October 1st. We'll even throw a tour of the ballpark, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend getaway of the regular season. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, liberating Houston downtown in the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Hey, welcome back to the game with Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm your host, Dario Harris, sitting in for Matt. Now we're getting ready to talk uh, about the hometown team here, those Raging Cajuns. Man, I'm so proud of those guys. They're doing a great job. And to tell us everything about those Cajuns, we got the main man himself, Mr. Corey Diaz on the line. Corey, how are you, man? Hey, Dario, I'm doing well, man. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good, man. Hey, NFL season started last night. I am fired up. I want to put the pads in, on and play, man. So maybe I can go out there and, <laughs> under a new name and play for the Cajuns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you got a maybe you got a year or two left of eligibility. You know? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, I, hurt to, doesn't hurt to look into it. Yeah, right? third down only. Though I can't go every down, man. Just third down only. Okay. <laughs> Hey, listen. Astros specialist, huh? Yeah. Hey, man, what what a great uh, piece for the Cajuns, though, for us. I'm thinking advertisement, uh, recruiting. The Cajuns are going to be aired on the NFL Network. That's got to be a big boost for that program, right? Listen, man, I you know I would I can't think of a reason in which this was this is not a a perfect situation um, for. And you got to think about this too. I mean, this isn't just about the football program, right? I mean, this is about the University of Louisiana athletic program, and this is about the university itself, right? I mean, you're looking at, I think the number that I heard earlier this week, um, you know, as far as like cable packages and streaming and what have you, I think it's 57 million homes across the United States. Um, that's a big number. And, uh, you know, I think it was Wednesday after practice, uh, I think uh, Desimo said that this might be. And I kind of looked at, I kind of looked back as far as I could go, and I didn't really see anything. So he, he might be right in saying this, but it might be the first ever time that that UL has played a Saturday night home football game that was broadcast on national TV. So this is, you know, I, I say all that drill to say that I mean this is this is a huge um, this is a huge moment. You know, this is a huge opportunity um, for not only the football program but the athletic department as a whole. And for the university itself too, um, you know, this is a—I mean, what better way to showcase, um, you know, what the football program's about, what the athletic program's about, and what the school itself is about as well. So, you know, you're going to get those—you uh, know—those commercial breaks. There's going to be some University of uh, Louisiana commercials, uh, you know, while people are watching on TV. So, you kind of get—you kind of get to hit it from all ends, and so. Um, you know, obviously, whether or not they win or lose the game, you know, when you talk about exposure like this, uh, you know, it almost kind of it kind of pays for itself in a way. So, um, yeah, big opportunity, man. And, um, you know, I know the NFL Network, they do a great job with their broadcast, man. And um, I know for the people who are un- unable to make it to the game and decide to watch the game on NFL Network uh, on the comfort of their, of their couch or, or, you know, in their bedroom or something, they're going to really enjoy the broadcast, too. Oh, it's just like a three-and-a-half-hour commercial, man, just to uh, showcase the university, the team, the city, the state. It's just a, a win-win all around. When I saw that, I said, wow, man, that's a great opportunity to have something like that come up. I mean, a lot of the people would love to be in their shoes uh, and be on the NFL Network on Saturday night, believe me. Yeah, 100%. You know, and that's just it, too, right? I'm sure, 
you know, the, the, the city, you know, the, maybe the visitors bureau and things like that, you know, they'll obviously probably thrown in some, you know, some ad dollars as well to show, to showcase the, the city and the community and, and everything that, you know, the city of Lafayette has to offer. And, um, you know, you're, you're always trying to, uh, you're always trying to recruit, man, right? Whether it's, you know, the, the football coaches or the athletic department, the university itself, or even the city, right? You know, everyone's recruiting. And so, um, you know, this is just another one of those uh, opportunities um, that just kind of everyone that comes together, right, each and every day, each and every Saturday, especially during football season, that, that puts on, you know, these, these, these events, these football games, you know, the, the events that go around the football games, the tailgating, you know, everyone that comes together to pull all this, uh, this stuff off each and every year and each and every week during football season, this is just another way you know, for them to uh, to make their pitch, you know, to someone who might be thinking of coming to visit, coming to vacation here, or potentially looking for another place to live. Maybe they decide to come move to Lafayette. So uh, just, again, man, it, it checks all the boxes, and it's just nothing but wins. Sure, yeah, because the recruiting never stops in, in college football, that's for sure. Hey, let's talk about the, the uh, Raging Cajuns. Uh, quarterback Chandler Fields, uh, he looked pretty good last week. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Chandler. Yeah, you know, I thought, you know, I thought for game one, first start, you know, of his career, um, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to watch from Chandler early, um, it was just his poise, you know, and his composure. You know, again, you're, you know, you're from right up the road and Metairie just right outside of New Orleans, a couple hours away, you know, and so this is one of the teams that you, that you closely followed, you know, growing up in high school and maybe even before that. And so, you know, I know his emotions, you know, had to have been, you know, running really high, you know, especially coming out of the tunnel and right there before kickoff. I know the, <laughs> the heart rate was probably immeasurable, right? right. Um, but he looked, especially, look, in that first drive, right, they go right down, they go seven plays. I think he threw five or six times on that drive, uh, was perfect. Um, he, I think he went four for four on that opening drive, four for four for 65 yards and had the touchdown pass to, to Johnny Lumpkin. I mean, you can't ask for a better opening drive, you know, whether you're the quarterback or the new head coach as Michael Desimo sitting in that seat as well last Saturday. And, uh, you know, it, it was a storybook way to start that thing. And, um, you know, again, that was kind of one of the things I wanted to watch with Chandler early on was, you know, what were his emotions going to be? How high were they going to be early? And I thought he was, he was really collected and he was really calm. And I thought he came out there and, and um, you know, them being able to score fast and early like that, Obviously, um, you know, was they they were able to put up enough points that that really kept you know Southeastern from being able to to really challenge the remainder of the way, and I think that was a big piece too. Yeah, and that opening drive, uh, they just made it look so easy, and that's what impressed me. How uh, for a first game to come out and play that well, opening drive. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start. Uh, let's talk about the running game. I know last week. Uh, we didn't see any real big explosive runs, and people wondering if they have a back that can, you know, go the distance. Uh, with the running game, you think uh, it was just the opportunity wasn't there, but they do have backs that can can take it in from, you know, from far and beyond, don't they? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I mean, Chris Smith is is definitely a burner. Um, you know. Uh, and you know he he of the group I think he he's the guy you know he's your home run hitter I believe you know among that you know with Smith and, and Jacob Cabote and Terrence Williams because both Cabote and Williams they're they're a little more bigger bodied um, but I there I'll tell you man I was really impressed um, with both Cabote and Williams you know I think when they both had their numbers called and had the opportunity to get on the field and carry the ball. I think they, I think they, they performed really well. Um, I don't think there was a time either one of them 
um, did not gain at least a yard on a you know on a rush, you know, which is sounds like the most trivial thing, right, for a running back. But if you know, in all intents and purposes, I mean, that's that's what they're there to do, right? It's like we need you to to get positive yards, and mm-hmm. I think both of them, I think they combined for you know, 12 or 13 carries in that game, and, and neither of those carries were, were negative. And so that, that's a big thing. And I thought, I thought Terrence, you know, I thought Terrence really carved out some more playing time from him for himself mm-hmm. um, because I thought, um, you know, I thought he just ran with some aggression. I thought he ran with square shoulders. And again, I think he was able to to break probably more tackles than anybody in the group, probably including Chris Smith. Um, and you know, those are the things that you know when you're a running backs coach like Matt Bergeron, and, and when you're you know when you're Des as the head coach, when you're Leger as the offensive coordinator. I mean, that's what you want to see. You want to see these guys, uh, you know, falling forward when they're getting tackled to get that extra yard, two, maybe even three. And so I, I thought Terrence and Kabodi did these things as well. I just thought Terrence did them a little better. And like I said, I think he, at least from my vantage point, my feelings on it, I think he carved himself out a little more playing time. Uh, and I would not be surprised because I know last week in the opener we saw Kabodi get, you know, the first carries after uh, Chris Smith. I would not be surprised to see Terrence Williams uh, be that guy that takes the that spells Chris Smith first uh, against Eastern Michigan. Sure. Uh, speaking of Eastern Michigan, uh, for the fans who are not that familiar with them, uh, including myself, because we have a chance to see them. What can we look for in for as a a, a good uh, competitive uh, competitor from Eastern Michigan, like on the offense and defense? What are their strengths and weaknesses? You think that they uh, possess uh, pose for the occasion? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think you know uh, Jeff Burris, uh, Louisiana's cornerbacks coach. I think he said it best. Um, earlier this week one day when we talked with him after practice you know he said this is going to be the the first real test you know for his group uh this season because eastern michigan offensively um you know they like to throw the ball you know they Mm -hmm. now they have the ability of course to to run because they've got some they got some big body running backs as well uh, but I think they're. I think where they kind of make their money is in the past game. You know, Taylor Powell, their starting quarterback, he's a graduate transfer from Troy. Okay. So you know, so you know, some of the Lafayette folks and, and the Cajuns and everybody else in the Sun Belt, you know, they may be familiar with this kid because he was in the he was in the league for a while. And so, um, you know, he's a guy that I think he has he has a pretty good arm. You know, and uh, he's got some, you know, he's got some good targets to throw to. I think there was, um, I think there was a guy on their team last year. Um, I think it was the Hassan uh, Bedouin, I, and I may be mispronouncing his name, Doro, mm-hmm. but uh, I think he he had a 300 yard uh, receiving game last year for Eastern Michigan. Wow. This guy, this kid, and he and he's not a big body guy, you know. I think he's about five eleven, all the way about 180, 185, and um, but he's a guy that can kind of burn you. He can get, he can slip behind, uh, you know, the defensive backs if they're not, you know, if they're not properly reading their keys. And, uh, you know, and he can make you pay in the pass game. And so he can make you pay vertically. Uh, obviously, he's also a quantity catcher as well. You know, I would sure. not be surprised to see him catch five, six, seven balls, uh, you know, on Saturday because they, he's one of the main targets um, for Eastern Michigan in the passing game. And so, uh, you know, he could be a guy that, you know, the more and more they feed him, the hotter and hotter he gets. And so one of the keys for UL defensively is going to be really slowing him, slowing Hassan as well as Dylan Drummond, who's another quality 
wide receiver that the Eagles have. They're going to have to slow this tandem down. And I think if they do that, if they can, if they can keep them from finding some rhythm in the pass game, as, as decent as they are in the run game with the Samson Evans and the Jalen Jacksons, you know, these bigger guys, um, I, I think if they can keep them from being able to get hot in the pass game, they can probably, you know, keep them at bay and probably win this game pretty easily. To me, it's it's going to start with uh, slowing down that passing attack and and defensively, man. It's you know, it's when I look at the matchup earlier this week, um, you know, I think with the way that that Louisiana can balance things out offensively. I think that gives them a leg up in this matchup when they match up with Eastern Michigan's defense because, you know, they're kind of that stereotypical MAC team. You know, they're going to have slightly undersized linebackers. Um, you know, their their defensive line is going to have some girth to them, but they're not going to be quite as athletic as they see week in, week out with the Sunbelt teams. And so, uh, now that's not to say this is not this will not be a formidable opponent, uh, for for Dez and occasions, but um, I, I just think when the when you look at the the offensive roster for for the Cajuns, and when you look at the roster defensively for Eastern Michigan, who they'll start, um, I, I think the the advantage goes to the home standing, you know, Louisiana Raging Cajuns because just just with you know Chandler Fields now a quarterback and and his arm talent, uh, and then the wide receiving and and tight end core. Uh, there's there's huge advantages, you know, in those fronts, and so I mean, I I look for easily a, you know, a 15 to 17, 18 point win uh, for UL this Saturday at home. Okay, well the 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 spread is only like 11 and a half, so you're above the spread. So I guess that's a hint to all the fans out there that uh, you take you give up the points, huh? <laughs> Uh, listen, if I was if I was a betting man, Durios, I you know I would say uh, take the points. Um, you know, I just think that, look, now, UL's offense was not inspiring all the way through last weekend's game. You know, I, and, and, and Chandler and, and, every, and Johnny Lumpkin and Dez, you know, they, they admitted that after the game last Saturday, that there was a lot of things offensively that, you know, they, they wished they could have back and, and do better and execute uh, better during that game. And so I would anticipate through this week of practice um, that – the offense has cleaned a lot of that up, and I expect to see a much more efficient um, offensive offensive attack for UL this week against Eastern Michigan. And, and obviously, it's a you know it's a perfect time for that because then next week you're you're on the road in Houston at Rice, and then you know the week after that you know you're opening up Sun Belt play against your rival up in Monroe. So um, it's going to be a, it's, it's a good opportunity and a good time for for the Cajuns to kind of get that offensive identity back and, and get some uh, effectiveness and efficiency uh, going offensively. And, um, yeah, I, I like I said, I, I think 17-point win is, is, is very doable for this group. And as long as, again, if, they, if they're efficient offensively, it, they could even balloon it higher than that. But I think 17 and taking the points is probably very safe. And being on the NFL Network, I'm sure that uh, they're going to take advantage of all the opportunity to put some points on the board because, you know, the, the more points <laughs> you put on the board, the, the more, you know, more coverage you get, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, might might want to buckle in. might be a four-plus-hour broadcast on Saturday night. So it'll be – we'll be getting out of there at about 3 a.m., so it'll be perfect. <laughs> right, great. Anyway, as always, Corey, thanks a lot, man, for giving us all that inside information on the Raging Cajuns. And we look forward to, hey, talking to you next week. 
Appreciate you guys. Looking forward to it. Y'all take care. All right, you too. Hey, uh, James, that was Corey Diaz from All Things Raging Cajuns there. He gave some pretty good insight on that Eastern Michigan ball club. I wasn't sure about those guys because they, they, they've had some good programs in the past, uh, but it sounds like that uh, the Cajuns can, uh, on paper anyway, look like they're a little bit above these guys and should be able to handle them okay on Saturday. Yeah, great, great stuff from Corey, as always, from the Daily Advertiser. Glad he was able to come on last minute for us. I mean, for me, I'm not as familiar with Eastern Michigan like you. I thought maybe it'd be, it may end up being closer to maybe like an eight, nine point win. Maybe even just straight up seven. It could be like a, like a 31 24 game. And maybe Eastern Michigan's kind of scores a little late, makes it a little closer than it actually should be. But I mean, hearing from Corey, it, it feels like this one should be handled pretty, pretty easily. But it feels like there could be a little bit of a challenge with these Eagles. Yeah. Like you, I was under the impression it would be a lot closer myself. I was thinking that'd be tighter than 11 and a half that they have it at. But, uh, Curry seems to think they can uh, dominate these guys if they play their their game. So we just have to wait and see and how see how the game turns out. Oh yeah, no doubt. And I got I got to tell you about something real quick. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway because football season is here in the game. One zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king. I mean, you could be the tailgating king, whether it be the LSU game, Cajuns game, Saints game, McNeese game, whichever game. Because this tailgate giveaway is powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You'll be able to score $500 to chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Rachel Cajun football games. Like I said, you can be the tailgating king there, and so much more. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. All right, welcome back. You listen to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We'll be right back in a minute. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The start of the NFL season is here, and the best place to practice your touchdown dance is on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel is kicking off week one with a no-sweat bet for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a new customer or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets if you don't win. Just log in and see for yourself. My no-sweat bet is for the Saints to score at least two and a half touchdowns in their matchup against the Falcons on Sunday. You can also build a same-game parlay for a chance at a bigger payout with smaller bets. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, just sign up using promo code KLWB to get started. That's promo code KLWB. Either way, celebrate the turn of football with a no-sweat bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana, permitted parishes only. Refund issue is novel drawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Matt Miguez and James Mesh. I'm Daryl Harris. Give you a quick recap of the first hour. We had uh, Ross Jackson that brings up the speed for the Saints against the Falcons this weekend. We also talked to Corey Diaz covering the Raging Cajuns. 
and getting us prepared for the game with the Cajun versus Eastern Michigan. Uh, we talked a little NFL earlier between the uh, the uh, Bills and the Rams of last night's game. Uh, Come up in our second hour, we'll be covering more NFL football. We'll talk more of the Saints. We'll talk LSU football and the big hometown game, LSU versus Southern, the Jaguars, the crosstown rivalry. Uh, that's been a big game coming this weekend. We'll dive off into that as well. Uh, lots coming up on the second half of the hour. Well, James, it uh, went by fast, man, with some great guests and some good insight on this weekend's games. Yes, sir, no doubt. I'm ready for the second hour. Yes, and we'll be right back with that second hour after this break. You listen to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time, Miguez and Mesh. I'm your host, Dario Harris, sitting in for Matt. Okay, James, this hour, man, let's talk about some NFL matchups coming up this uh, weekend. Let's get it. Let's do it. Okay, uh, my first game for you. We've got Carolina versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, who do you see winning that one? For me, I think this one's going to go towards the Panthers, and I feel like it's going to be one that's going to be pretty easy for them. I like Jacoby Brissett a little bit. I think he's a serviceable backup. He's had a lot of experience starting, but ultimately I just don't think this team right now, There's there's a, there's been a good bit of change. I ultimately got to take the Panthers because right now, Baker Mayfield, it, it kind of feels like he goes through a cycle of things where he's got a chip on his shoulder because no one believes in him. He plays really well. He finally does well. People have expectations of him now. And then he starts falling off. Then he plays bad. He gets criticized. Then you get to the criticism. He gets the chip on his shoulder again, plays well. Right now, I think he's got the chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to play well for a few weeks. And I think he's going to be able to get that revenge because, I mean, who doesn't love a good revenge matchup? Yeah, I think uh, Carolina's going to be able to beat the Browns. The Browns, to me, will be a, a new team with, with no identity, really. They've lost so many people uh, from the team that you just don't know what to expect when they come on the field. So I think Carolina should handle those guys. All right, next game up, we got San Francisco versus Chicago Bears. Who do you like in that one? Now, Trey Lance is more likely than not going to be the starter here. And – I mean, San Francisco's just got a better overall team. The Bears, they might be able to put up a little fight. I did see a little bit of an opportunistic defense during the preseason, so they may be able to get a turnover or two and maybe keep Justin Fields on the offense in the game a little bit. But to me, I think you got to go with the 49ers. They're a much better team. I don't know what to expect. The O-line for the Bears is putrid. The only really good receiver is... And he's still not even fully proven yet for the Bears is wide receiver Darnell Mooney. I like him a lot, but the rest of the supporting cast, it's not that good. A lot of people are high on Cole Komet. Not for me. The the defense, like I said, could be a little opportunistic, but I also don't know what to expect from the new Bears head coach. I know what to expect from Kyle Shanahan. They went to the NFC Championship, and that was with, to me, an arguably worst quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a seasoned veteran. He doesn't do too, too much to lose you the game, 
but it's not like he does a lot to win you the game. The defense really had to carry them. I think Nick Bosa is going to have a field day with Justin Fields. He may be able to sack him a couple times. I think he's, when it comes to Justin Fields, I think he'll have a good fantasy day because he'll have maybe some garbage time numbers, maybe get an extra touchdown late to maybe make it look a little more respectable. But ultimately, I'm looking towards San Francisco for this one and looking at him pretty solidly. Yeah, I agree. San Francisco is a better team. Now, the game I'm looking forward to see, this got to be a great game here. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, who are you liking that one? Uh, it could be a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Who knows? But I feel like Joe Burrow is different. I think this Bengals team, they got a lot of confidence. They have their leader. They have their franchise guy. Mitchell Trubisky, I like him a lot. I think he has a little bit of a resurgence. I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. For me, ultimately, I'm looking towards the Bengals with this one. I think they have the better receiving core. I think they have the better running back. I think they have the better offensive line. The defense, you probably have to give it to the Steelers, but no matter what, I think also the Bengals have the better kicker. I, th- I think he, I think Evan McPherson is the top three kicker in this league right now, and he's and he was a rookie just last year, but. Seeing him just ooze that confidence and just make clutch kick after clutch kick, I think the Bengals are able to win this one, especially since it's going to be in the jungle. I think the Steelers will ultimately they'll keep that record of not being under 500 for Mike Tomlin because he's never gone under 500 as a head coach. I think they'll still be able to do that throughout the season, but right now I think they start off 0 and 1 because I just I'm a really big believer in this offense of the Bengals and just this overall team for Cincinnati. I think uh, it's going to be a real close game, number one. And I think this game might be decided by a field goal. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Bengals on that by three, but it's going to be a great game either way. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, got got Philly and Detroit next. What do you think of that one? That one is uh, a <laughs> we call it? you pick them. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia, you know, with the young quarterback, he's – uh, it'll be, I guess, second full year at the helm. Uh, Detroit is going through some major changes. Uh, but I think Philadelphia just has a, a much more solid team than the Lions. For some reason, the Lions just can't get together. They get the draft choices. It just doesn't pan out. Uh, they go through coaching staffs every two or three years. I just don't see any real improvement. So I'm, I'm going to stick with the Eagles on that game. I think the Eagles will win this one, but – I'm not sleeping on the Lions. If anything, I think they have a little bit of an improvement over what happened last year. I think you bring back DeAndre Swift. I think having him healthy for a full year. You got a young receiver in Amon Ross, St. Brown. I think he's really good. I think he could take that leap. He's also got a little bit of a supporting cast. I'm not huge on Jared Goff. I'm not a, not a big fan, but I he, he showed signs. He obviously went to the Super Bowl. He's got that experience. He, he knows what he needs to do to win. I think they'll be able to always keep themselves in game. And I they went three and fourteen last year. I think they're able to ultimately go about six and ten or six and eleven, maybe even seven and ten, because I just think this team has gotten a lot better. I like what I've seen from the hard knocks, seeing running back Jamal Williams give like that really emotional speech, like, I care for you guys. Like that record last year, it was putrid. That's not us. Let's let's prove who we are, the Detroit Lions. I think they'll be a lot better this year. But in this game, I'm huge on Philly this year. I think they ultimately 
win the NFC East over the Cowboys. I also think they also go 13 and four, maybe even 14 and three, and have the one seed in the NF in the NFC. Sure. But next up, we got the Indianapolis Colts versus the Houston Texans. Who you like there? I got to lean towards Indianapolis. I know it's on the road. It's going to be in Houston, but I think they win. They they've been kind of doing a little bit of a shuffle with quarterbacks lately, where you get a lot of older quarterbacks compared to most. You had Philip Rivers, who had retired after a year. You've been trying to replace Andrew Luck. You initially started with Jacoby Brissett, who we had mentioned earlier, as a as an emergency replacement because you need somebody. Because Andrew Luck had all of a sudden retired right before the regular season. Then they had Carson Wentz last year, but right. to me, I think this is this is another band aid quarterback. Considering Matt Ryan's thirty eight years old, but I think he's the best option of what they had since they've had Andrew Luck. So to me, I think they'll be able to beat a Texans team who could have some fight in them. They might be able to surprise a few people, but when it comes down to it, I think Matt Ryan he'll be able to get together with Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's such a young student of the game, and he's so talented. I I think this is the year. That you get a better quarterback, you get someone that you actually like that could throw it to you. He doesn't have a Matt Ryan doesn't have a great arm, but to me, I think he can do a lot more than what Carson did last year and what Phillip did previously. And I think they'll do really well this year. And I think they'll be able to take down the Texans. I don't know about minus seven. They very easily could win by about fourteen, maybe even twenty. But my ultimate prediction is I think Colts. They try to play more of a ball control game, especially since you've got the reigning leading rusher of the NFL and Jonathan Taylor. I think you lean towards him. You get it to your playmakers on the outside, like Michael Pittman, like I said, and you just trying to kind of play like a ball control game kind of ish. You you try you try to just get out of there with a with a solid win and try to get on to the next week. Well, this next game I'm going to have to watch. I'm going to have to. Two TV setup, James. I can't miss the Dolphins and the Patriots playing. <laughs> That's going to be my game to watch. I think this year the Dolphins are going to make great strides. Last year was a year we kind of a little bit disappointing, but I think they've had a great preseason. And I think this is the year that uh, two will finally come into his on. And I'm looking at the Dolphins beating the Patriots. Uh, I'm going to say 24-17. Go, go Fins. I'm, I'm not – as huge on the Dolphins this year, uh, the jury's still out on me for Tua. Uh, I've seen plenty of videos. Ple- people have told me about how accurate he is, and he's really good on hitting outside the numbers. But to me, that ball floats when it comes to going down the middle trying to hit someone like a Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle on a deep post. It's like those passes have been severely underthrown, and I've seen other passes of him doing like these little QB challenges on the NFL Instagram and Twitter page, and. It hasn't looked great, in my opinion. I think that Miami will be able to beat the Patriots this year, especially with it being in Miami. I think the Patriots will start off kind of slow. They may, I think they ultimately start off 0-3. I think they really struggle. People are going to be like, what, what's going on with Bill Belichick and the Patriots up in New England? But that's also because, to me, I'm a little worried at least to start off. They'll, they're still trying to figure out how they're going to be handling offense and defense. I know Belichick's more of a defensive guy, so that's going to be more of his strength and what they'll be working on. I think they'll be able to keep them in games, even though they've lost a lot of talent. But to me, they still got to figure out what they're going to do offensively. They're trying a new system. They lost Josh McDaniels, and they haven't named an official defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator yet. So to me, 
with that being said, I got to take the Dolphins early on. I think they get an early win. Mike McDaniel starts off his head coaching career with a W. But for the rest of the season, it kind of gets, it starts to become a little more iffy. And I think the Patriots are able to turn around later on the season once they have gotten their adjustments done. Because that's ultimately what Belichick is so great for is him being, being able to make adjustments on the fly throughout the game and throughout the season and what this team needs to do to be able to win. Hey, next up, we got the Ravens versus the Jets. And uh, Lamar Jackson announced uh, yesterday or today that uh, he's no longer in contract negotiations with the team. They didn't come to agreement on extension. We have to see how that affects his play this year. But they got the Jets coming up. Who are you liking that one? Oh, I like the Ravens easily. I know Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson will be out for about the first month of the season. So Joe Flacco is going to be starting which you could almost say this is, I guess, a revenge game since Joe Flacco was a longtime Raven to start his career. But I think Lamar, he's he's out here looking to prove a point, and he wants to utterly annihilate every team and show like, hey, you need to pay me. You need to pay me the big bucks. I need some, I need some Deshaun Watson type money. I need damn near a fully guaranteed deal, if not a fully guaranteed deal, because I am that guy. I'm a former NFL MVP. I think they absolutely crush it. I think the Jets have made some good additions, whether it's through the draft or getting people through free agency. I like what they're doing on the defensive side. But that offense, I'm not as high on Garrett Wilson as other people are. I I like Elijah Moore out in the slot. I think them getting two different running backs, Brees Hall could be somebody to look out for. But they also lost their left tackle early in training camp. And he's going to be out for the year. So they had to sign a very much veteran left tackle to replace last minute. But even then, I'm not super high on Zach Wilson. I I don't think they'll have a great season. I think they'll improve. I think the defense will keep them in games to where it's like it'll help Zach Wilson develop and be like, hey, look, we're not down by 40. Like, you still have a chance. Like, make us some plays and, like, hopefully we can win. But I think the Ravens take this one pretty handily, like a a 20-plus point win. Next up is probably going to be the most least – Watch game on Sunday. We got the Washington Commanders playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> oh, Rays Commanders. Wow. That one. That one's interesting. I'm going to take the Jags in this one. I know Carson Wentz. He he's a good quarterback, all right. He's all, he's an all right quarterback whenever he's healthy, but never feels like he's healthy. I think the Commanders, they're not a very well run organization. I like what the Jags are doing. I don't think they got a great head coach. They got Doug Peterson. He won a Super Bowl, but I don't think that'll propel them to incredible heights to where they make the playoffs and make a deep run. I think they approve by a few wins. I think they're able to get to the 5-6 win mark. I think Trevor Lawrence shows a lot of good things and shows a lot of development because he did that throughout the year last year. I know the stats didn't show it. And I know a lot of people gave him criticism for it, but I think you resetting the culture, you getting rid of Urban Meyer, you bring in somebody who has won it before in Doug Peterson, I think that's a good starting piece. They brought in some weapons for him to throw to because having Marvin Jones as your number one, not the best. But you you bring in some people. You have Travis Etienne, who wasn't there last year. He had a list Frank injury to start the season, and he never and he never played it down in 2021 in his rookie season. So him coming back healthy, he played with Trevor in college at Clemson. So 
I think you see a lot of good things out of them. I think the drags win this one. I, I presume it would it would be a twenty three to thirteen game. I, I like the Jags in this one. Mm-hmm. And this next game, I'm really interested in. We got Tennessee versus the Giants, and you know, last year the the Titans of the first ten weeks they probably were the best football team out there, best record. Everybody thought they were a lock get the Super Bowl, then the, the wheels fall off in the latter part of the season. So I'm curious to see how they bounce back uh, against the Giants, but I do think Tennessee should take the Giants in that one. How do you see it? I, I see Tennessee taking the Giants as well. I think it's also the beginning of the end of the Ryan Tannehill era up in Tennessee. I'm just, I've never been a huge fan of Tannehill. I, I think people maybe give him a little too much credit I think you got to give it more to the offensive line and Derrick Henry, but then also looking at it, Derrick Henry, he's been he's been he's run it almost like forty times a game for the last few years. I feel like how much tread is left on those tires. I feel like that almost might be the beginning of the end for him as well. I've stayed away from him in fantasy. I know he was out for a while with a broken foot, and he finally came back and he didn't look all that great. And he's had a full offseason to recover from that, but. The offensive line, Taylor Lewan, left tackle for the Titans. He hasn't looked the same for a while since his injury. I don't think the offensive line got any better for Tennessee. If anything, I think it got worse. I think the defense is still pretty good, but the weapons on the outside. I mean, you and I, we're wide receivers, and I like to look at those positions. You have a rookie in Traylon Burks who a lot of people are not high on. I like him. I think he's a good big body receiver that can go deep. But to have him be your number one and you got Robert Woods, you'd you traded for him. He's gonna be back, but he's gonna be coming back from an ACL tear. That that takes almost a full year to get back to being that guy. But Robert Woods is not a, a young buck anymore. I mean, he's in his thirties at this point, and you don't have anybody else. You you lost Jonu Smith, who was a really nice receiving threat in the 2021 offseason. So you don't have anybody as a solid, really good tight end either. I mean, there's not a lot of weapons to go through. You're just going to be stacking the box. You're finally going to see Ryan Tannehill be exposed more often. And I think they'll have a solid record. I think they go 9-8, and eight, but I don't think they win, their, win the ultimate AFC South division. I think they take the early win here against the Giants because the Giants... I like Saquon a lot. I think he's going to be the ultimate RB1 in fantasy. But when it comes to the team itself, uh, I'm I'm not too high on it. I like Brian Dable. I think he can help Daniel Jones, but I need to see Daniel Jones improve. I know I was higher on him in the offseason, but I haven't seen him make those significant strides just yet. Well, you're not on the same page when it comes to Brian Tannehill. I, I didn't really care for him when he was with the Dolphins. I was glad when he went to Tennessee. With that being said, uh, I'm just curious to see uh, how long he lasts this year because I think they've got an awful lot of confidence in the young rookie from Liberty, Malik Willis. Uh, it's another guy in a form like a Lamar Jackson, a great runner, good passer. So if Tannehill stumbles, I think they won't hesitate to put Malik Willis in there. Yeah, I think you could almost see him as a Week 18 starter just to be like, hey, we're not winning the division because I, I feel like at a certain point, once you get to like Week 18, you look at it and it's like, okay, well, we're, we're not making it. We're, we're not going to make the wild card. And 
Indianapolis is up by about two games and we're in the final week. Let's just see what Malik Willis can do. Right, right. And this next game I have is going to be definitely the game, the, the battle of the quarterbacks. We got Patrick Mahone versus Kyler Murray, Kansas City versus Arizona. Who do you like in this one? I'm going to have to take – I know this sounds crazy, but, well, I, I was initially looking at Cardinals – and, and I thought, well, Cardinals are really good to start the season. That was my initial pick. I think I got to go with it, but I'm getting that second thoughts feeling, you know, whenever you're like, I like this, but then you almost have a change of heart. That's what it feels like right now. Chiefs are really good. I think they have a really good record this season. I know they lost Tyreek. He went, he, he got shipped to Miami, and now you got three other receivers trying to combine to repeat the production of what Tyreek Hill did. Could be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how that works. I'll I'll stick with Cardinals. I know they don't have D Hop. It's going to be interesting. We haven't we haven't seen a lot of of Kyler to Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown just yet. Zach Ertz is dealing with a little bit of an injury, and the defense. You got a few question marks as well with JJ Watt being questionable for the game as well. But I'm feeling like the Chiefs will win, but I'm going to stick with my initial pick, and I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this one. I like KC in this one. I think the Chiefs are going to come back with a vengeance. They got a chip on their shoulder from last year. It was so disappointing. Hey, we're going to talk more football after the break. You listen to the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers. The Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our awards club, you will have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House or even a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple, so sign up today. Hey, welcome back to Crunch Time, Miguez and Mesh. I'm Duro Harris sitting in for Matt. Hey, James, we got a few more uh, games to cover. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. To me, that was, that's that's a really good matchup. I think all these AFC West div- divisional matchups, they're going to be great. They're going to be high-scoring games. I know two offensive guys right here going back and forth. It's going to be really good. I ultimately, I like how the Chargers are at home, but I don't know. The Raiders are have been kind of talking to me over the whole offseason. I like how they they were able to kind of go through a bunch of adversity, a lot of distractions last year, whether it be Henry Ruggs or what happened with John Gruden, that whole debacle, them having to go with an interim head coach. They were still able to have a really good record, get to the playoffs, and give the Bengals a really good game and take it down to the wire. I think they improved a good bit. The line, not that great. The offensive line is not that good. But I like what they have on the outside, whether it be Devontae Adams, having tight end Darren Waller, or even having slot receiver Hunter Renfro. I think I like them a lot. I think them getting Chandler Jones to pair with Max Crosby on the edges is going to be really good. And... I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Raiders in this one early on. I like the Chargers as a team, but I'm not a huge fan of their coaching staff. I, I think they'll underperform because from what I saw last year, and I'm also predicting that Sean Payton 
he's going to go to Los Angeles at the end after uh, this year ends. I think he'll become the the head coach for the the Chargers because I mean it's going to be almost a sweepstakes. A lot of people are talking about Dallas, but I, I think having him be paired with a young, talented QB and Justin Herbert. That's going to be another match made in heaven. It's going to be like a Sean Payton, Drew Brees 2.0. Yeah, I'll be watching that one. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think the Chargers may pull it off. I want to see how Justin Herbert's going to do this year, whether or not he makes that leap to the next level. The guy has all the natural build of the tubes, the size, the arm. I just want to see how, how much uh, commands he has of the game this season. And if he makes that that big jump uh, this year, I think it would be tough to deal with. So, uh, we'll see what happens down, but it should be a great game. And then we got uh, the Vikings and the Packers, the old black and blue guys hooking up. Who are you liking that one? I like what the I like what the Vikings can do on offense. I like that they got the Rams offense coordinator from last year, and he's going to be their head coach. I like that a lot. Like I said, I think Justin Herbert's going to be that wide receiver one in fantasy. I think he's going to put up crazy numbers, very similar to what Cooper Cup did last year, but. I think when it comes down to it, you still got to lean towards Green Bay. I know they lost Devontae Adams and their best receiver right now. Their wide receiver one is Alan Lazard. Not optimal, but I think you're going to lean very heavily on the run game. You're going to do dump-off passes to Aaron Jones, who's really good as a runner and really good as a pass catcher. And then you also have that thumper and Aaron A.J. Dillon, I mean, who's, who's almost like, in my opinion, a great value Saquon because – He's got them thunder thighs like him. I think he, he's a really good power back. I think those two are a really good one-two punch, and you can lean on them. Aaron Rodgers, still going to be a very efficient guy. His touchdown interception ratio is still going to be insane. He's probably going to it's probably going to be like the 26 to like three or four throughout the season. It's, it's, it's going to be something stupid. Like, how do you do this? How do you only throw four interceptions in a season? But I like them in a close game, even though it's going to be in Minnesota. Yeah, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a difference maker. Such a great quarterback. The team's about equal, but I think uh, with Rodgers, uh, he's so smart. Uh, I think the the Packers will pull it off. Now, the game everybody's going to be talking about, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Who are you liking that one, James? I know a lot of people are looking at Cowboys, but for me, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Tom Brady. I'm looking at how... He he took two months off, and I'll read, I'll kind of paraphrase a quote from the GOAT himself, Michael Jordan. He was talking about, Tom Brady was like, hey, I took two years off for baseball. Tom only took off two months for from football, and he's back. You know what that tells me? That tells me that he is all in, and he's ready to go. Not to mention, Tom Brady... He's undefeated against the Cowboys in his career. It was very close. There was a very suspect, very controversial call toward the end of that game that could have swung in the in the Cowboys' favor. But to me, until Tom Brady loses, I gotta I gotta take them. I know neither team have improved. I think both of them have kind of taken down a step. But I think if both of them are taking a step down, I think you still have to give the tiebreaker to the Buccaneers. And even though it's gonna be in Dallas. I still got to believe in Tom Brady. This, this should be a good game. Uh, I'm not sure who's going who's gonna to win it, but for me it comes down to which team I like the least. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm not a big Brady fan, so 
I hope the Cowboys can pull it off because every year, you know, I always say, I'm from Texas, I always say, wait until next year. So I'm tired of my guys crying about next year, next year. So I hope this is their year they can do a good job. So I'm going to go ahead and root for the Cowboys this year. That's that's fair. What about what about Broncos versus Seattle? Now, that's got to be a, a good game. That you got Russell Wilson going back to his home there in Seattle, with a new team, first time back. First game of the season, you get to see uh, uh, if there's a grudge going on of, of or the uh, Seahawks are wise and letting him go. Does he have anything left? So it's going to be a big game, a, a great game. And uh, I don't know, I think Russell Wilson is still a great quarterback. I, I, I think the Broncos uh, can take the Seahawks. Yeah, I like Denver in this one as well. I think, I think Russ kind of just crushes Seattle because Seattle's team, the way they're structured right now, it's not very good. I mean, Russ was the one that kind of covered up a bunch of holes in that team. I think now that you have Geno Smith starting a quarterback, whether it was Geno Smith or Drew Locke, I don't care. <laughs> I like I like the weapons. I like Tyler Lockett. He's still pretty solid at, as a receiver, as a deep threat. And DK, he's a physical freak of nature, but his route, his route tree, very limited. The offensive line, putrid. The defense, lost a lot. They got a couple of decent pieces, but overall this unit, it's going to get exposed. They don't really have much of a pass rush. I think the Broncos crush them. I think it'll be a 35-42-10 game. Yeah, I think uh, Denver should take it real easy. Well, we we didn't differ, but only about maybe three games, James. So we'll see what the records end up on Monday. Oh, yeah. And, and how we did on that. But uh, what, what, about, what about with the Saints-Falcons game? Oh, I'm... Now, that's a game that's a big rivalry game. You never know what's going to happen. The team that usually supposed to win doesn't win. <laughs> but I'm hoping the Saints can get off to a, a great start this year and beat the Falcons over in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to take the Saints in this one. I think they're the better team. I'm a big proponent of Jameis Winston. I think he's going to do really well this year. I think looking at the spread itself, I mean, Saints are minus 5.5. I'm hesitant to take that, but I will. Uh, I just think the the Falcons, the only thing that they have going for them is A.J. Terrell on the outside and Grady Jarrett on the interior of the defensive line. Deion Jones used to be a game-breaker. He used to – he almost felt like he was going to be the next Saints killer, almost like Vernon Davis-esque. Like, it's just like, why are you doing this to me? Why do you have to make my life a living hell? Why do you, why do you make me hate football, Deion Jones? But it, he's kind of taken a step back the last few years – Grady Jarrett's still really good. He didn't have a huge year when it came to getting sack totals, but he's still very much a disruptor. A.J. Terrell, he he just turned up last year. He had a really good year. He's somebody to really look out for, but the safety's deep. That might be something to look out for. You almost, I, I feel like you could see Chris Olave late in the third quarter, maybe in the fourth. They take a shot deep, maybe on like a second and short, where you kind of do a play action, Jameis hits. Chris Olave on a on a deep post or maybe a double move where he goes inside back out and he hits them closer to the sidelines and they score like a, a 43-yard touchdown. That And that could almost be the difference maker in the game. Yeah, it's going to be a good game because those two teams play each other like it's a Super Bowl every every time they play. <laughs> it's the biggest game for, for the cities. They have bets between the mayors. It's going to be a, a good game, great atmosphere. Looking forward to seeing that one on Sunday. Okay, we're going to take a timeout. You listen to the game. 
103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Attention sports fans, your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, back for its 28th year of NFL action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%, BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues from the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots and live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity. You need a sports book with longevity. You need to know that you're going to get paid. Plain and simple, you need a sports book that offers everything from live betting to MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today at 1 800 79 BetUS. That's 1 800 79 BetUS. And they're going to walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BetUS. Join now and mention KLWB to score 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BetUS.com to join today. And don't forget to mention promo code KLWB. That's BetUS, where the game begins. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm your guest host, Dario Harris, filling in for Matt. Okay, uh, James, let's talk about those LSU Tigers. This week, the hottest ticket in Baton Rouge is not LSU-Bama. It's LSU-Southern Jaguars. What do you think about that, man? Oh, it's great. I, For me, I, I knew that they were close by. I didn't realize that they were like three or four miles away. I didn't realize how close they were. I mean – it's crazy, and it's also interesting that you're that close, but you've never played them before. This is the first time that LSU will be playing Southern, and the first time that they'll ever be playing an HBCU. It, it's a game they've been wanting to uh, to have for 50, 60 years. They just never could get it done. And just recently, in the last maybe 10 years, the, the major conferences have been offering the smaller conferences money to come play, and that's why you see – People like Alabama and them playing these smaller schools, they give them a million dollars, come up there, and they beat them and they go back home. But this is an opportunity for Southern to go right across town and get paid from LSU. And we all know the HBUs, they need the money, help their programs out. But it gives a lot of people in Baton Rouge who want to see the game and get involved with it. So it's just become a huge deal, bigger than a, a Bayou Classic. Cause you got two hometown teams going to play each other. you got a fan base. From both schools will be right there. And the game is not so much a competitive game on paper, but the game means so much more to the community, to the students, to the city. It's just, I think it's going to just be a huge success for everybody. And then, of course, everybody likes the halftime at the HBUs with the bands. <laughs> so Southern gets the chance to put their band over the LSU and let them see what they can do. I mean, they, they've got a great band. And uh, a lot of those HBUs, the, the halftime is, is the game, you know, because everybody waits for halftime. So it's just going to be an all-around great deal. It gives some of these guys a chance who didn't get a scholarship from a, uh, LSU or someone of that caliber and end up going to Southern. Now they get to play against guys 
of a different caliber, a little bit more challenging to them to see how they measure up against these better athletes. So it's just going to be, a, I think, a win-win situation for everybody. Uh, good for the city, good for the school to get some money, good for the program. Uh, I just can't wait. It should be a very exciting weekend there in, uh, in uh, Baton Rouge this weekend. Yeah, and in, and usually when you pay school lower lower schools to come to you to play the game, it, you're usually giving it to another city. Like if you're bringing in La Tech or if you're bringing in Troy, it's like you're giving it to Alabama, you're giving it to Ruston. It's like this is great because – it's staying in the city. It stays home. It stays well, home. I mean, and you're and you're getting a sold out crowd. You're gonna have two amazing bands going at it. It's like, I mean, what could go wrong with this game? I don't. I mean, this is a win, 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 win. There, there's wins all around. I don't see an L anywhere. It's, it should have happened a long time ago, but I'm glad it's happening this weekend. And I hope they just make it a tradition and do it every year. I mean, the fans are really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, and so I, I can't wait. It's gonna be great. And, and even if it's not something that would happen every year, hopefully it's something that you could see like maybe every third or fifth year, and that way it's more of like kind of a tradition thing. It's not an annual thing, but you're able to still do it every once in a while. That way it also still gives exposure to the Southern Jacks. Yeah, because in the past, I mean, Southern has some pretty good teams, and they could have been competitive against an LSU in years past uh, with the talent they've had on their teams. So – it's it's not like they don't have any athletes there. It's just that sometimes some years are better than others. But just to get channels, guys get out there and play and uh, compete. They they know the guys they're going to be playing against. They probably went to school with a lot of these guys, so you get to play against some of the old high school teammates. I just think it's a fantastic opportunity. I can't uh, thank uh, the people involved enough for making this happen. Uh, it's just going to be great for Baton Rouge. Now looking at some of the players that are going to be in the game. What 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 was your analysis of Kayshawn Booty from last week? Whenever they played Florida State in New Orleans, uh, he's amazing. I think he has a lot of potential. Can be a, another great one, uh, a big a big time player. He's called a game player, playmaker. Uh, I can't think of enough adjectives to describe the guy. I think he has all the upside to be a, a great one. Do you do you think he'll bounce back? Because he was targeted six times against the Seminoles, but he only caught two of them and. He he pretty much dropped two touchdown passes. Yeah, it was a it was a tough night, uh, but I think the guy's gonna gonna come back because he's he's a he's a uh, athlete. He's he's a gamer. He, yeah, he's he's uh, all heart. And you know you you have bad bad days or bad weeks. Unfortunately, when you're playing sports like that, if you have a bad day at the at the office, it's usually in front of you know fifty thousand, hundred thousand people, and they see it. But uh, it happens to everybody. So I think the guy can come back and uh, get get refocused. And he's gonna have a great year. Do you do you expect to see more than one quarterback? Or, I, I mean, I I would presume you would see Garrett Nussmeyer at a certain point because like second half, I mean, you would hope that LSU would be up enough to where it's like okay, we can we can bring out Garrett now. We like Jaden Daniels; he's already done his thing. We don't we don't we don't need to have him play anymore. But it's like, do we see Garrett? And depending on the score, do you think we'll see Walker Howard? The former STM Cougar. I'm not sure, but I think sure we we'll see Garrett out there because I think Garrett's a you know great quarterback in his own right, uh, and uh, he's a, a coach's son. He knows the game. He knows the uh, game. Been around the game a long time. The kid just needs an opportunity. So I think this could be a chance for him to get out there and play and kind of showcase some of his talents and uh, you know make the best of the situation. So we're just waiting to see what how the game uh, progresses. 
What are you what are you expecting from McNeese and Rice? I mean, McNeese unfortunately fell forty to seventeen to Montana State and Rice lost their first game as well. So it's it's a battle of two O and one teams. It's gonna be in Houston, it's gonna be at home for Rice, but do you see McNeese being able to bounce back? I don't know. I think uh McNeese is on on the talent level, I mean uh, Rice probably has the advantage on paper on the talent and uh, and size. So uh, Magnese going to have to really play well to to win that game. And and they're they're limited. I mean, they have to play a perfect game. If they play the the perfect game and not have the turnovers and mistakes, they could they could beat Rice. But there's got to be one of those you know games where they're just flawless. Everything goes their way. Uh, Rice, I think, just is a little bit too much for uh, Magnese at this stage. Yeah, it's it's gonna be two games on the road for McNeese before they're able to finally get back home to Lake Charles. It's gonna be tough. I'm I'm hesitant to say it, but I'm I'm gonna stick with the Cowboys with this one. I'm hoping that they're able to be able to bounce back and head home 500. That'd be it'd be a, a big win if they could pull it off on the road like that for a young team. But uh, I just don't think they can do it. Uh, they got a lot of things to address uh, themselves. Uh, it's early on. You know, a new new system, new people. Uh, it might just take a little while for those guys to come together in jail. So we just have to wait and see. You know, wish them all the best. Hope that they can go up there and be successful. But uh, we have to just uh, hope for the best with those guys. Hey, we're going to take a break. Uh, you listen to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I'm going to give you one more reminder. We still... Dickie's Barbecue still has tickets left, gift cards that is, that will be worth $40. I mean, if you want some legit Texas barbecue, all you have to do is go to your Nikki's nearest Dickie's Barbecue bit, and you, all you have to do is pay $20 for it, and you'll get $40 of value in gift cards. I mean, it's a, it's pretty much a buy one, get one. It, it's great. You might as well. And I mean, you got to worry about Mr. Duro. We're about to finish in just a minute or two, and he's ready to go get some. You're making me hungry, James. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's been a great show, Mr. Drew. What do you, what'd you think? Yeah, we had a great time today. We had uh, Ross Jackson on earlier talk about the Saints and upcoming game against the Falcons. And we had Corey Diaz to come on and tell us about the Raging Cajun and the upcoming opponent, Eastern Michigan. Uh, we covered the NFL. We talked about last night's NFL opener with the Bills and the Rams, a great game. Uh, they went through the schedule, looked at all the games that are coming up this week and gave our thoughts and predictions on those. It was just a, a great show. Went by fast, and can't wait to do it again. And not to forget, we want to wish our good friend and host Matt Miguez uh, a very happy wedding. He's getting married. He should be married by now. Yeah, I think I think there were, I think uh, the ceremony is about to start. Yeah, well, we wish him all the best. Anyway, that's going to do it for our show today. Thanks for listening to the game. One hundred three point seven Lafayette, one hundred four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.